Blog Talk Radio. When I was five, hired out to watch a baby And he beat me when he cried I consider that too much of a price Even though I'm thick skin, some of the scars Stay with me for life I ain't never been the type to spin around to the other chief Putting up a fight to me and my people's all are free Four brothers, four sisters, thick family I'm the fourth child, you following mathematically God's in my veins, I can feel it in my soul Three older sisters never seen again when they were sold When they came for my brother, my mom's made them a promise Whoever tried to take him, she's and open your noggin Mommy was a rider Spiritual advisor Security provider That's why I'm alive wire When they ain't take my brother I felt the power inside of me Influenced by the moment I'll never settle for slavery Heavy metal weight In my head as a teen Now with seizures Dr. Lepsy And strange dreams From the tribe of Asante Through grandma Modesty Being free Holding my own Just a part of me You thinking about coming after me Better bring your faculty 20 miles away Before you even know what's happening Cargo on my train and it's something like traffic I'm Harriet the conductor I ain't never lost a passenger I'm plotting on my escaping I'm married and feeling patient I'm out with no debating You silly for conversating I'm breaking and while you waiting And I'll make it I'll be sure to get the safest route to travel And be back for you with space September 17th 1849 Me and my brothers Henry and Ben said it's mine So we left for Maryland Headed towards Freedom Land But they feet chillied up So we turned around and went Back to the owners Believe me I didn't wanna Had I knew my brothers was scared with in the bottom a little while later man i ran away again but this time straight dolo fan backs to the wind in the middle of the night in the winter in the cold i was navigating on the underground railroad nah it ain't a literal train it's a form of resistance just with the railroad theme so a station's a safe house where the runaways go and the runaway slaves are considered cargo the person who hit them considered a station master and the stockholders the one who will put the cash up me i'm the conductor I transported the cargo routes that I took remain secret I took an oath boss of my train you get on there is no rebelling grown man said he turning back and I had to tell him fam why you had me bring the metal out cock it back point it at your head and bring the devil out it's no going back besides you going snitch and I'll kill you where you stand before you sing behind the whip running from slave catches a bounty on my head until my whole fam free I don't really care had a 10 year span with 19 or so trips I done free so many slaves they calling me Moses during the Civil War Because of my skills, I became the first woman to lead an armed assault I am Harriet Tubman, you need to fall back a conductor I never ran my train off the track You thinking about coming after me, better bring your faculty 20 miles away before you even know what's happening Cargo on my train and it's something like traffic I'm Harriet the conductor, I ain't never lost a passenger Good afternoon, everyone. This is Rodney Smith with another episode of Our Own Voices Live. That was Larry Locke Henderson with a little education through rap. Harriet Tugman, the conductor. 
I thought that was an appropriate title for our show today, which is The Importance of Nevada Day for African Americans. The Importance of Nevada Day for African Americans. Let that soak in as I give you a little background about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its culture, diversity, and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the culture and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. Let me, let me read that one line again. America country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Now that is also something to chew on as we deal in the era that we are in today where we see racism, fetish, uh, fascism on the rise. Let's remember that line. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Some of the ways that we try to build that bridge is with shows like Our Own Voices Live. Some of the other ways we do is well, Our Own Voices Live is a spinoff of Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine. That's right. And what we try to do with Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine, is we try to talk about and educate African Americans on African American history and culture, American history and culture, and to educate others on African-American history and culture. Someone very near and dear to me, the late, great Sam Smith, some of you know him as a Native Son bookstore owner, had a belief that if we knew more about one another, we would be less fearful and it would help in some of the divisions that there are between the various groups that call America home. I believe in that same thing, too. And that's what Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine, tries to do. And to a certain extent, that's what Our Own Voices Live tries to do, is educate, to inform, hoping that the more that we know about one another, the more that Americans know about African Americans, the closer that we can come as a country, the closer we can come to being that on the page, the introduction page for the show, the show page, I put up the Nevada state flag. I put up the Battleborn uh, logo. I put up some pictures of slavery and the Civil War. But I also put up the Constitution because ultimately what this is about is do we believe in the Constitution or not. Because you cannot be a fascist and believe in the American Constitution. You cannot be a white supremacist and believe in the American Constitution. Possible to believe in America's Constitution. To believe in patriotism 
to believe in what the flag is supposed to represent because it is the words on the Constitution, to believe and support the national anthem if you do not believe in the United States Constitution for all American citizens. And at the bottom of most categories in America are the Native Americans, the first Americans, the people who were here before it was even America, the least from all of those things I mentioned. And then the next group of people that benefit the least is the African-American man. And I'll just say African-Americans in general, but technically it is the African-American man, but African-Americans. If this country ever hopes to achieve true greatness, then every American citizen, every group that falls under the covenant of American has to benefit from the system of America, from Americanism. I believe in Americanism. Bringing Nevada into the union to the union coming together with the secessionist states and for America to progress into its future as it has done. Nevada gaining statehood played an important role. Now, in the title of the show, which was the importance of Nevada for African Americans, is I wanted African Americans to understand to know, to be informed of the role that Nevada played in ending the Civil War with the North as the victors, which meant the abolition of slavery. Now, some may argue that the war could have ended without Nevada coming into the Union. No argument from me. What I would caveat, though, is that it would have taken longer and more people would have died. And maybe, just maybe, some concessions would have been made by the North to end the war if they did not have overwhelming success. So, yes, Nevada did play an integral role in that. Nevada was the 34th state to enter statehood in the United States. Nevada is the seventh largest state, the seventh largest state. It is the ninth least populous state. And there was a time when Nevada actually was the least populous state in the union. About 86% of Nevada is actually owned by the federal government. 86%. I believe more than any other state. Unique, isn't it? Nevada, a lot of unused land, which means it has unused potential because we're not making any more land in America. Maybe if we vote Puerto Rico in as a state, but until we vote another territory into statehood, what we have is what we're going to have. And Nevada, most of it is uninhabited. Now, just want to give you some quick backgrounds on Nevada. The word Nevada is actually something that I believe the Shoshone had named it, and it, it means snowy. As a matter of fact, the Sierra Nevada is the main and one of the largest mountain ranges that runs through Nevada. 
uh, Tierra is snowy mountain, uh, mountain cap, mountain top. So that's the origin of our name. Nevada is, has a large desert, and it is one of the hottest states. It is also vies. It also vies for the title of being one of the sunniest states. Usually, it's fighting between New Mexico and Arizona. Las Vegas, again, fighting between Phoenix and Las Vegas as the sunniest city in the nation. But here's another interesting fact about Nevada that you may not be aware of. African Americans have the largest per capita population in Nevada than any state west of Texas. And for those of you who say, what about California? California is experiencing black flight right now. And as other populations have grown in California, the African American population has actually decreased per capita. And I wanted to mention that because numbers, size does matter. Uh, excluding you ladies, we're talking about in the potential of this state. Nevada is still a, call it a growing state, but Las Vegas being the most populous city and Clark County being where about 75% of the entire population of the state is located. Huge. Eight percent of the state, roughly, is African American, and about eleven percent of Las Vegas is African American. The largest congressional district, or the congressional district with the largest population of African Americans, is the newest congressional district, uh, Nevada's fourth congressional district, where the majority of all Black people in the state reside. That's another important because with a concentration of African Americans in that one county, in that, excuse me, in that one congressional district, which all of North Las Vegas is comprised of, which is where the majority of African Americans in the state live. So there is potential political power, and because there's potential political power, there's potential economic power. Now, some may say, well, Rodney, why did you focus this on African Americans when we have a much larger Latino-Hispanic population? That is true. But the Latino-Hispanic population is wanted and is growing and doing fairly well in Nevada. The population that consistently does less well is African American. And there are a lot of state issues come about because of that fact. And then we must take into consideration the Native American population, which is probably about 1% of the state, who do less well than any other group. And I find it very interesting that seldom do we talk about the needs of the first Americans. But this state also has potential power for them too. 
What I will say is that when African Americans gain in America, whether it's nationally or statewide, that it opens the door. They tend to be a bellwether, just as Nevada is a bellwether politics for America, but African Americans in general tend to be a bellwether, the vanguard of things to come. I would submit to you that when you improve things for African Americans, and this is from a historical perspective, that you improve things for other Americans. And I'll give an example. Before the Civil War ended, the only people in America that could vote were primarily rich white men and white men who owned large parcels of land. That's right. Everybody could not vote in the land of the free. That's the way the founding fathers originally set it up. And it stayed that way until the end of the Civil War and until African Americans were given citizenship. Because remember, they were Africans. As a matter of fact, they were enslaved Africans that had nothing. They owned nothing. They didn't even own themselves or the children that they produced. So in order, the, the war was over, so in order for them to participate in America, they had to have citizenship in America. Now think about this. We just had come from a time where a slave was considered property, owned by others. Could you imagine what it would have been like if people, now considered people, a full person, because before that they were three-fifths of a person due to that the Great Compromise, imagine what it would have been like for formerly three-fifths of a person to be given the right to vote, but some white people could not vote. It wasn't going to work. That forced the powers that be, it forced them to give the right of citizenship to African Americans and the right to vote, which meant all white people, all white men now had the right to vote. Now, let's keep in mind that even though those Africans who suddenly became African Americans, they were given the right to vote, but not their women, because women still were not allowed to vote. But black people were allowed to vote, and that was huge. So the 13th Amendment, which came into being basically January 31st, 1865. January 31st, 1865, is the 13th Amendment. And the 13th Amendment reads as follows. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, 
whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, we're going to talk about that in a future episode, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. So first, you had the 13th Amendment that basically abolished slavery. And we needed we needed that because America is a land of laws, right? So then those those former slaves who were no longer slaves needed a status. And so guess what we get? The 14th Amendment. And the 14th Amendment reads as follows. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, without due process of law, nor deny any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. The 14th Amendment now gave those former Africans a status. The 13th Amendment freed them, and then the 14th Amendment gave them status. Yep. And, of course, because now that they had status, could not have black men voting, but not some white men. There was the benefit of African Americans gaining citizenship, because once they gained citizenship, it broadened citizenship for other Americans. And so, they've been freed under the 13th. They've been given citizenship, 10th Amendment. They needed to be able to participate in all forms of America. So we have the 15th Amendment. The 15th Amendment reads as follows. The right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous conditions of servitude. So they were freed under the 13th, given citizenship under the 14th, and then under the 15th, they were given the right to vote by African-American men gaining the right to vote, that meant that white men got regardless of land ownership or financial standing because black people got theirs, white people got theirs. Once black people got citizenship and slavery was ended, those abolitionists quickly turned to the women's suffrage movement Many people who were abolitionists were also suffragettes. 
And that led to women gaining the right to vote. And then it led to others, Native Americans, Asians, gaining the right to vote. It was because of the Americans started that process, because no one else can be under or lower than the African Americans. Nevada becoming a state, which had it not become a state, who knows how the war would have ended. So let me tell you how Nevada and why Nevada became a state. The North and the South were fighting one another. It is hugely expensive. The South had textiles, had cotton, maybe even tobacco, sugar cane, cash crops. So it was, to a certain extent, money rich. But it had to get money for those cash crops, with the North being one of the main sources of income for the South, as well as certain countries overseas. But primarily, it was trade with the North. Well, if the main person that you're doing trade with, you're no longer doing trade with because you're at war with them, all of a sudden, you're not gaining income from them. So now you have to gain income from someplace else, which means overseas. That means you have to ship your goods overseas or other people have to come to receive those goods, a much more costly proposition. Now, the North, the North was more industrialized. They were more forward-thinking positions. Lincoln controlled the North. Lincoln controlled statehood with, through the Congress. And one of the things that Lincoln was not sure would happen is that he would get enough electoral votes to win re-election. Remember, he was already president. The Civil War started. And Lincoln, as most politicians, was looking for a path of victory. So he turned west. And what he saw turning west, because he was being actually petitioned by those out west, was in the Utah Territory. The Utah consisted of what we call Utah today and Nevada. They were sort of having their own little civil war. You had the Protestants on the west side of Utah fighting with the Mormons on the east side of the Utah Territory. And they wanted separation from the Utah Territory to become their own state. Lincoln made a proposition with them, and it was, it was a straightforward proposition. You all want statehood. You want your freedom from Mormons because you're Protestant. You don't want to have to deal with their rules. You, you want to be able to live under your own covenant, so to speak, practice your own religion. Lincoln told the west side of the Utah Territory that he would give them statehood. But in return, he, you know, your congressional representatives become your electors. So he's wanting, hey, you get statehood, I get the presidency. Handshake or some arrangement was made, political, I'm sure. 
basically half of the Utah Territory at the time, which was Nevada and what we call today Nevada and Utah, was split into creating Nevada. And you still had the Utah Territory because Utah didn't come of the state right away. Nevada was given statehood. Here's an interesting thing about Nevada statehood is we celebrate Nevada Day. Nevada Day is not because of Halloween. Nevada Day is because that is when Nevada came into the Union as a state. And it came into the Union. Notice the date of Nevada Day. It's actually October 31st. Why is that so important? It really wasn't supposed to come a, become a state until January 1st. That would have been somewhat of the norm. But because Lincoln wanted those electoral votes to ensure that he would win the presidency because he wasn't sure, a deal was reached where Nevada was granted statehood on October 31st, which meant that Nevada electors could participate in the election of Abraham Lincoln. Politics, things worked out. Lincoln really didn't need the electors in Nevada. He won overwhelmingly. He had victory. But by him giving Nevada statehood, he got something more than the electoral votes out of it that led to helping end the Civil War sooner versus later. The Comstock Lode, many of you probably remember that from history class. The Comstock Lode was a huge silver find in the Sierra Nevada. Because of that huge silver find, it basically Nevada became a cash cow, almost a treasure box for Lincoln to help him prosecute the Civil War. Now, the Comstock Lode had just been discovered in 1859. Huge. Nevada becomes a state October 31st. I think I, gave, I, think I said 1961 earlier. If I did, I apologize. October 31st, 1964. October 31st, 1964, is when Nevada became a state. The Civil War ended in 1865. I'm saying, I'm submitting to you that because Nevada, and I did say Nevada, not Nevada, just to give for those of you who are not aware of it, the proper pronunciation is Nevada. By Nevada becoming a, giving a huge cash infusion to the Union to prosecute the war, help end the war, and help end the war sooner than it otherwise. And here's another piece. In order for Nevada to become a state, for Lincoln to grant its statehood through Congress, it had to be a non-slave-holding state. In other words, there was sort of this back and forth between the states 
on which state should new states be admitted into the Union as slave states. Of course, the South wanted more states to be slave states, and the North didn't want more states to be slave states. So since there was this division between the North and the South, it also gave Lincoln an advantage that came in handy later is that you brought in another uh, free state. So you have another free state, which means that when there's a congressional debate about freedom, Lincoln had another state more delegates in Congress to support the North's agenda. So Lincoln, one of the smartest presidents, supposedly one of the highest IQs, not the highest, but one of the highest IQs. Lincoln came up with those calculations. So these things are why I say that African Americans really should pay more attention to Nevada Day and really celebrate Nevada Day because by Nevada coming into the Union, it helped Lincoln afford and fund the war, prosecute the war, end it sooner, which means that slavery ended sooner, until suffering was eliminated sooner and Africans became African Americans sooner. All because of Nevada joining the Union. Now, Nevada, I said, is somewhat of a bellwether state. Bellwether means somewhat of a predictor of the of the future or things to come, almost like a harbinger. Now, Nevada is not always Democrat, not always Republican. As a matter of fact, it's classified as a libertarian state. It believes in freedom. A great example of that is Nevada is the only state in the Union that allows prostitution. Not bragging on it, I'm just stating the fact. So Nevada swings back and forth. Nevada is an open state. So there's a lot of opportunity for people with different political ideas to have that discourse and to push their idea. I think Nevada is a great place for folks who want America to be more forward-leaning, to be more in line with the creed of the Constitution. And because of us having the largest African-American population per capita west of Texas, I haven't checked those numbers in a couple of years, so things may have changed. But up until then, that was the case. That means that this becomes a good power base for African-Americans to have the opportunity to fulfill the dreams of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment. This is a place where our vote makes a difference in elections. Now, mostly African-Americans vote for Democrats. There is not a Democrat in this state, regardless of what level of office, that will win election or re-election without the African-American vote. Now, there's always exceptions, but that is it. They are the exception. So the African-American vote is very potent here in Nevada. But that is 
potentially potent, meaning that you have to use it appropriately. I was having a discussion with someone who has a Facebook page with over 3,000 members, and we were talking about the importance of voting and African-Americans specifically voting. And what I said was that it is not just voting, but it's how you use the vote that is real power. And it's not just voting and how you use the vote, but it's knowing what your issues are. Every constituency group has issues that are important to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Whether we're talking about the gun lobby, guns, gun rights, freedoms, as they say, Second Amendment rights, is important to them. So they have the NRA, and they're unashamed about having the NRA. Latino, Hispanic, immigration policy to a percentage of that population is very important to them. And even if it wasn't that important to them, politicians have said it's important, so they make it important. And that may not be Latino, Hispanic main interest as an individual group, but that is what politicians tell them that's their interest. Unions, people who are in unions, union issues, workers' rights, wages, safety, benefits, retirement, those are important issues to union unionists. So they have unions that lobby Congress very hard. And no, there's no, nothing wrong with it. Women's issues. Women's issues who are more than 50% of the population, but they have concerns. And so women have their own set of concerns that are important to them, and they're unashamed about it. As a matter of fact, they're quite public. Immigrants in general, have they want immigration rights. They want things to be made better. Native Americans small percentage of the population, about 1% of the national population too, but they have issues. But because they're so small, most of the time we don't hear about Native American rights. African Americans are roughly 13% of the national population. They're 11% of the Las Vegas population and 8% of Nevada's population. So we're fairly small. Basically, we're single digits. And if we want to have political power, we have to exercise our vote in this system, and there's no better state than Nevada to do so because we are 8% of the state's population, and the way we just happen to be dispersed, for sure most Democrats will not get elected without the African-American vote. The idea is for African-Americans to not vote party. The idea is for them to empower themselves by knowing what issues are specific to them, finding candidates who will support those issues regardless of party, and then putting their support, financial as well as labor, behind those candidates and then vote for them in office. Once they are elected, to maintain contact with them and to show up 
at hearings so that other elected officials know that these things are really important and know that they will not get that black vote support if they don't support their candidate who's carrying their issues. But we must know, African Americans in Nevada must know their issues. Because Nevada is a bellwether state, and when we look at national elections, Nevada, I believe, is the third state to hold its primaries slash caucus. Continue momentum, or it can break momentum. That's the position that former Senator Harry Reid put Nevada in by making us, I believe, third in the nation and first in the West to vote. This is hugely important. Because the fourth congressional district has the majority of African Americans. You would think that there would be an African-American representative in Congress, but there's only been one in the existence of the 4th Congressional District, and he happened to be the first. No district has been a swing district back and forth between Democrats and Republicans in its very short existence. I say get rid of the concept of them or Republican and focus on what's good for the district. I am one that believes in general that what's good for African Americans historically have proven to be good for Americans in general. So if we want to improve Nevada, if we want to improve the country, then Nevadans have an interest in supporting African American issues for the betterment of everyone in the state. Another reason why all African Americans should recognize Nevada Day and why those African Americans in Nevada should also celebrate the day because Nevada, the battle-born state coming into the Union, had a lot to do with African Americans gaining their freedom and assuring that they gained their freedom and gained it sooner versus later. Nevada Day. It is a day for Nevadans to celebrate. I believe it's a day for the country to celebrate because it helped bring about the reunification of America and ultimately the expansion of America. Nevada Day. Nevada. This is the state that if Americans truly believe in the Constitution, in making America great, in making it that shining city on the hill with a beacon of light for all to come, then Nevada Day, Nevada gaining statehood, the potential for African Americans to become empowered doesn't mean to take over, but it does mean to become empowered. And there's something to be said about wanting the least to do well. That should be a sense of pride that all Americans take. And it for sure should be a sense of pride for African Americans. 
Americans, and I'm talking the majority population, white Americans, should relish in the idea that though their ancestors, their forefathers, participated in America's greatest sin, that they were able to turn things around. And people who they once enslaved were now considered equals in the idealism of the words in the Constitution and have equal access and benefit of this great nation that African Americans have helped defend since before they were even considered free and whole people. Nevada Day, a very important day to me. I hope it is a very important day to you. I hope it is a day where it gives us another opportunity to talk about the things that have perennially divided us so that we can knock those walls down of separation and bring about greater inclusion and one America, which is what we're supposed to be according to our Constitution. I am a supporter of our Constitution. I believe in Americanism. I also believe that you cannot believe in racism. You cannot believe in fascism, cannot believe in Americanism. You cannot believe in our Constitution and be a racist, a fascist, just cannot do it. I believe in our Constitution. I believe in Americanism. I believe in the Bill of Rights for all people. I believe in the upliftment and the empowerment of all people who are citizens of America. I do believe that historically those benefits have come because of the ascension of the African American. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Our Own Voices Live. I hope that you found it informative, educational, and that it helped give you a little bit more than when you started. Next week's show, we're going to ask the question, are our elected officials cowards? And do we want cowards to represent us in the halls of Congress? We're also going to talk about the Harlem Hellfighters. They're significant to America winning the first great war. And we're going to talk about a specific individual called Black Death, who was a member of the Harlem Hellfighters. So next week, we're talking about the Harlem Hellfighters. Uh, we're talking about Black Death, a member of the Harlem Hellfighters. We're going to talk about their significance in winning the first war because we're going to celebrate Veterans Day. We're also going to ask the question, are our elected officials cowards? And do we, as the American electorate, want cowards to represent us 
in the halls of Congress. And if we have time, we're also going to talk about the only authentic, officially designated insurrection in the history of this country. And I'm going to do some research to see if there's been another one since then. But we're going to talk about insurrection in America, and you don't want to miss it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our show today on Our Own Voices Live. Our topic today was the importance of Nevada Day for African Americans. Hey, stay tuned next week. Be here Saturday for another lively episode. And I hope that you all will call in, write the number down, get your questions ready, 347-826-9600, area code 347-826-9600, and press option one to talk. Go to Our Own Voices Live on Facebook to leave us comments about today's show. We would love to hear from you. And until next week, Be safe, and for those of you who are here in Las Vegas, come on down to 203, I believe, East uh, Colorado Street, downtown Las Vegas, to to celebrate in a block party and black food festival. You don't want to miss it. Brian Harris of the Black Book is doing it. Look him up, and hopefully I will see you there. So until next week. Be safe. Hug and love on somebody. Bye-bye.